Welcome to the Selfish Badass Podcast, the show that teaches women how to practice the art of radical self-care. Are you a woman in today's world who is tired of all the pressure? The pressure to feel like you've got to show up and be the best in all the roles you play? It's exhausting, it's overwhelming, and it is a recipe for burnout, my friends. It takes a radical, if not a rebellious act, to be a woman who puts herself first, to be a woman who says no to the pressure, and to put her dreams on the front burner of life. This show is all about unpacking what radical self-care looks like. It's about saying no to the pressure and yes to the good life. Radical self-care is the approach to success, leadership, and living a kick-ass life. I'm your host, certified professional life coach, Krista Resnick, and I'm thrilled that you are joining me on this journey. Let's get started. you struggle with time. You're constantly telling yourself the narrative, there's not enough time in the day if I only had more time. And when your head hits the pillow at night, you just feel depleted and exhausted because you just feel like, oh, if I had more time, I could accomplish my dreams. If I had more time, I could do all of the things that I want to do in my business, that I need to do in my business, that I want to do in my personal life. I could spend more time with girlfriends, yada, 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 right? <laughs> or maybe you wake up every day and you just feel drained by this never-ending to-do list. Well, if you've resonated with anything that I've said so far, you're going to love today's pod because today we have with us Amanda Warfield. Amanda is a time management coach, and her mission is to help overwhelmed creative entrepreneurs simplify. Did you hear that? Simplify. Oh, I love that word. And get organized in order to take their time back because time is the one resource that we cannot make more of, my friends. Amanda is passionate about helping women stop feeling like they're just getting by and instead guide them into creating space for what actually matters most in their life. Because here's the deal, my friends, you do have enough time. You do have enough time for all of the things that matter to you and all of the things that are top priority. So, if any of this resonates with you, which I'm sure it does, lean in to this extraordinary conversation with time management coach, Amanda Warfield, because your world is going to be rocked and you are going to begin to feel so free and so amazing because you're gonna start getting so much done and start simplifying your life. So tune in, let's get started. Hey, hey, it's time for today's permission slip. So I'm gonna be walking you through a really fun summer series, the seven things to do for yourself this summer because Many years ago, I was in a place of questioning myself. I was in a place of insecurity and honestly, some pretty heavy self-doubt. I had a friend in my life that I really had a ton of respect for. She was doing some big, amazing things in the world and she had so much impact. And I admired her greatly. 
And one day when we were together, I shared my vision with her. And I also shared my fear that was keeping me back from really leaning into my vision. And she simply looked at me and she said, Krista, I believe in you. And I understand for some of you listening, it wasn't that she said anything profound. Some of you might be thinking, well, okay, I believe in you. Yeah, and? (laughs) And yet when she said that to me, something shifted in me that day. As wild as it may sound, her words changed my life. Because from that day forward, I changed the way that I thought about myself. I started thinking about myself more respectfully and treating myself accordingly. You see, nobody had ever told me that before. No one had ever shared with me, I believe in you. And so today, as we head into the thick of summertime, I want to encourage you to do the same. I believe in you. And if nobody's ever told you that before, well, I believe in you. The summer is a great time to make some shifts. And so here is the number one thing that I want to give you permission for to start doing for yourself this summer. So permission granted, start embracing your humanness and giving yourself more credit. Human and worthiness are the only real labels that we're born with, and yet we forget. We become attached to all of these labels and and all of these things like Well, I'm depressed, I'm divorced, I'm diseased, I'm rejected, I'm poor. All of those things. And we're far more than the shape that we're currently in. We, like the wind, the water, the sky, will change many times in our lives while forever remaining beautifully human. So permission granted, start embracing your humanness and give yourself more credit. So Amanda, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here on the pod today. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, you're welcome. This is going to be such a uh, powerful and transformational conversation, and I cannot wait to dive in. So let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me, how did this whole concept of time management and simplicity come to you? So out of real life, which I think is where most of our businesses come from, right? Things that we've struggled with and we want to teach someone else that we think is super powerful and transformational because it was for us. So I have always been very organized, very perfectionistic, very driven. I have used a planner since sixth grade and I carry mine with me everywhere. I'm that kind of person. Well, when my husband was in the Navy and he went on his first deployment, I used that organization and the ability to be really intentional with my time management. Well, not so much intentional, but use a lot of time management tips and hacks. I knew how to do all those things. I was great at it. And I used that to fill my plate way past the point of overflowing. And what ended up happening was a lot of anxiety and some depression. And basically, long after his deployment ended, I hit my breaking point because I didn't know how to slow down and not be so busy. So once I hit that breaking point, I started learning about minimalism and simple living and being intentional with what I was doing. And 
I realized that even though I was saying that my marriage was a priority, I wasn't treating it like one. My husband, Russell, got the last of me, the worst of me. I was spending all my time doing other things and giving attention to other commitments and actually prioritizing other commitments that our marriage wasn't getting any of my time, any quality time for sure. So we decided to get intentional with our marriage and to start treating it like a priority. And we set aside weekly date nights. So every Tuesday night was date night in the Warfield household. And just that one small simple change showed me what it could be like if I was living my whole life intentionally. And from there, everything kind of snowballed and I started simplifying everything and then adding the organization and the time management and productivity hacks on top of that. Mm, I love that. You said so many profound things. And one of the things that really stood out to me that of course goes along with your whole mission and movement was this idea of just taking that one simple little step in your marriage really filtered out to all the other components in your life because how we do anything is how we do everything, right? So if you're not prioritizing your marriage, that's showing up somewhere else in your life, right? Wow. Wow. So tell me about that first step that you took with your marriage. We literally, we just decided to pick one day where every single week it was going to be date night. And then we put boundaries around it where unless something came up that wasn't movable, like if, you know, my husband had to attend something for grad school or we had a non-negotiable that couldn't be moved to another time, unless something like that came up, it was date night. We didn't accept you know, dinners out with friends. We didn't push it off because we were tired. It was the priority and we treated it like it. Mm, Amazing. Was that challenging for you? At first? Yes, absolutely. And sometimes even now, I mean, we've been doing this for over two years and sometimes you get stuck in a rut where you're tired and you want to just say, can we just do date night tomorrow? But it's been so important and really transformational for our marriage to stick to those boundaries and to, again, I keep saying this, but treat it like a priority that it actually is. Put our money where our mouth is. Yes. Yes. Because here's the thing. If I followed you or any of my clients or just any woman around for 24 hours, I would clearly be able to see what her priorities are. (laughs) Absolutely. So if you're telling me that your marriage matters, you better have your marriage somewhere on the priority list for the day, right? In some capacity. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. So you used the word boundaries a couple of times, and that is something that I see a lot of my clients When they come to me first, they struggle with boundaries. Now, when they leave me, they do not struggle with boundaries whatsoever (laughs) because you cannot come into a coaching partnership with me, the same woman as when you, you know, leave the coaching partnership, you, you become the version of you that you've always dreamt of becoming. So boundaries are one of the things that we kind of tackle. So I'd love to hear from you how you define boundaries. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing, with boundaries, 
basically for me, what it means is that I am putting, like I imagine a fence around certain areas of time, certain rules that I have, because if you are not intentional about where your time is going and you don't put those boundaries up, someone or something else is going to decide for you where your time is going. Yes, for sure. And is that what you really want? Someone mm -hmm. else deciding. And that's where so many people get stuck. Right. So let's go back for a moment to when you started to put, and, and we're just kind of focused on the marriage component, the relationship component. And I think this is really great that this actually came up in you talking about your marriage because I have a theory about this, Amanda. We say that relationships are important in today's culture and world, right? We talk about connection and we talk about relationships. And yet again, if I were to look at somebody's priorities, oftentimes I will not see those relationships that they're claiming are so important on their list of priorities because we are a culture that is so conditioned to having a tangible outcome. And relationships aren't necessarily a tangible outcome, right? And so we table them and think, well, tomorrow I'll work on that. Or next week we'll do, we'll pick back up on our date night. Or you know what? Next month I'll go out with my girlfriends. I'm saying they're important, but really... I keep canceling every month <laughs> for book club or whatever. Well, how's that working for you? Right? So I want to, I want to go back to the marriage for just a minute. And I want to hear a little bit more about putting your marriage as a priority. What has that done for your marriage? What are some of the results that you've seen? Yeah, absolutely. And I 100% agree with everything you just said. So let me back up before we put this boundary into place and just tell you guys that we were struggling. Um, coming back from a deployment, especially a longer one like the one my husband had, he was gone for six months and he was a submariner. So there was almost no communication between the two of us for the entire six months. Uh, you, I mean, when you're under the sea, there's just nothing. <laughs> there's right, nothing right, wow. So that was an adjustment and that was very difficult for us. And for a really long time, I was using that as an excuse to explain away why we were having issues. When in reality, it was my perfectionism and my busyness that was causing the issues. So that's where we were. When I kind of had my light bulb moment and realized that I wasn't treating our marriage like a priority and that he was getting the least of me, and we started doing the date night. From there, our marriage blossomed. We weren't fighting as much. We actually knew what was going on in each other's lives. And not only the basics, but what we were feeling and thinking, we were communicating again. Because when you're, think about when you're first in a relationship and you want to talk to them all the time and you're communicating about all the things and you just want to know everything about them. If you're not being intentional about where your relationship is going and you're not continuing those conversations and all you're doing on date night is watching Netflix and just hanging out but not interacting your marriage isn't progressing or moving forward it's just stagnating and so that's where we were at and we were going backwards because of all the fighting and it ended up just being 
I mean, we're so much closer now. My husband is, because we're recording this during COVID-19, he's home all the time. And that's not an issue for us because we are really intentional about spending quality time together, spending the non-quality time together. And then also, again, setting boundaries because we're both introverts and saying, okay, I need my space now. Yeah. So really like communicating your needs, using your voice, saying, listen, babe, this is what I need right now. <laughs> I need some, I need some space <laughs> and not being afraid to own that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Stepping into those crucial conversations. Yeah, I love, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was no. going to say, and with the quality time and feeling that connection with each other again, we're able to have those harder conversations sometimes and the ones that aren't even as hard, but just that the communication is open and flowing when you have quality time together. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love that you said I was using his deployment as an excuse. I love that you, I mean, it's amazing. That is so profound in terms of self-awareness that you were able to own that. So many people will sit in that victimhood and blame because then when we blame, we don't have to do anything, right? And so just owning that, recognizing that and saying, all right, I'm using that as an excuse. I'm remaining a victim and I want my power back. So I'm going to step into some radical personal responsibility and own this and do something different and show up different. Incredible. So tell me then, you started with your marriage. How did that improve the other components of your life? Well, like you said, you're, you have to take intentional action to step out of that victimhood, which I did live in for way too long. It's almost embarrassing to admit, but I lived there in that victimhood and it's not my problem. It's not my fault, whatever you're thinking. Taking that first intentional step and starting to create boundaries that I otherwise did not have in my life, because again, I'm a people pleaser and I said yes to anything and everything that came my way and filled my schedule. And then I worked things in around that. So I tried to fit my actual priorities into the the five extra minutes I had in a day outside of all these things I committed to. But by starting with setting those intentional boundaries with date night, it helped me to realize that I could start setting those in all these other areas of my life. And I could intentionally set aside Thursday nights for a night where I am by myself playing video games and being really introverted. I could intentionally decide to only say yes to three requests a month or whatever it is, but it, it, it enabled me and empowered me to be able to start setting boundaries in all the different areas of my life, which has been so rewarding in just living a life where I'm happy and I feel fulfilled and not constantly burn out. Mm, your energy even shifted as you were starting at the beginning of the story to where you are now. There was a huge energy shift in you. You kind of lit up Um, and I love that again, it, I love your movement and your messaging so much because so many women fall into the trap of, well, I just have to fix everything. (laughs) And it puts us into this sort of frenzied, frenetic 
energy and right straight into overwhelm. And when we're overwhelmed, what action do we take? Nothing. <laughs> so starting with that first little simple step right in front of you. I love that. I love that. I love that. So let's dive into some conversation here now around this idea of simplicity and time management. So tell me, Amanda, let's unpack what does time management mean to you? So time management is, for me and the way I teach my clients, it is a tool to uncomplicate your life. But again, like I said earlier, it's I say I'm a time management coach, but realistically, I'm helping my clients simplify their life, simplify their business, simplify their expectations. And then we build time management on top of that. Time management is just a tool to help you live your best life. Yeah. So what do you mean a tool? So how do I put this? It helps you get from A to B and B to C and then all the way to Z, whatever that looks like. It's like, have you ever heard of power sheets? I have, yes. Mm -hmm. The intentional goal planner. Power sheets are a great tool to reach your goals. Uh, for those that don't know, it's a, it's a planner where you write out what your goals are, why they're your goals, and you break them down into small steps and you do all this stuff but it's just a tool. It, filling out the power sheets isn't going to help you get to those goals. It's just a step in the right direction. It's a great starting point and it helps you move along and it helps guide you with where you're going with your goals. And time management is like that. It helps guide you towards a more simplified and joy-filled life, I feel like, because like for me, time blocking is a big part of what I teach with time management, time blocking and batch scheduling. Setting up those systems, these time management systems help guide me and how I'm spending my day. But just writing out my time block for the day doesn't magically simplify what I'm doing. It doesn't magically help me prioritize. I have to actually follow along as closely as I can because life happens and it's never perfect. But following along with these tools and systems that you put into place help guide you to that life you actually want to live. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you saw me, I, I know my listeners can't actually see me, but I was giggling when um, Amanda was talking about the power sheets because I did the power sheets <laughs> back in the day. And um, no slam on power sheets, but I didn't have you know, the underlying why and some of the things that Amanda just shared. And so they were just one more thing that I spent, you know, money on help hoping, of course, that they would move me forward and that I would accomplish some of my goals. And uh, sadly, they really didn't um, because they were just kind of a pretty, pretty tool that, that sat there that didn't really address what was going on internally. Right. And you have to actually use the tools if it's pretty and it sits there. I've had clients in the past who, you know, will work on a batch schedule for them together and they don't stick to it. And every week it's consistently, oh, I didn't, I didn't stick to it. I didn't, 
I did one day and I didn't do what we outlined. I didn't do what we talked about. And it's like, well, I can't, as a coach, I cannot help you if you don't use the tools I'm giving you. Yep. Yep. So what do you say to that client then? They come to you and they say, well, I didn't do X, Y, and Z again. Tell me a little bit about how you get to that deeper internal issue of what's really going on. Well, I think you start with the hard conversation that I think maybe this is just me, but coaches don't want to have with their clients necessarily with, I'm giving you these tools. Like I just said, I'm giving you these tools. And if you don't use them, we're not going to make a change. So let's, again, let's go back to what is the change we're going to make or you're wanting to make that we're moving towards. Why do you want to make that change? And let's go back and try to reconnect with that why behind it again. And I mean, I've had clients where we just didn't continue working together because they weren't willing to do that deep work and they weren't willing to follow through. And I've had some that have had breakthroughs. So, yeah. Yep. And you said something really amazing just a second ago about, you know, our role as coaches. I always say, I can give you every single kind of water, bottled water that is known to man, Dasani. Um, well, I can't think of some of the names of the waters, but you get my point. I can give you every kind. I mean, there's hundreds, probably thousands of different kinds of bottled water, but at some point you got to pick up the bottle of water and choose which one you're going to drink. Right. I mean, it, it's not my job to pick up the bottle and force it down your throat. I give the tools, you give the tools. And that's the power. That's why, that's why coaching is the most powerful relationship you can enter into partnership because it's really um, giving clients, giving women their power back because they're creating the transformation and the change. It's not one more person coming into your life saying, do this, do this, do this, and do this, and we'll be all good. Mm-hmm. And there's a place for that. There's a place for a consultant and things of that nature. But coaching is so powerful because you're, you're doing the work as the client. You're, you're, you have all the answers within you. You just got to uncover them a little bit. They've always been there. And that's a coach's role is to help you just uncover all of the gold nuggets that are already deep within you. Oh, I love that. I love that. So, so what really have you found in your experience with clients? What are some of the reasons that clients tell you they can't use this tool or they don't pick up this amazing tool that you gave them? Mm, A lot of times what I hear is that they are too distracted or that they're not the kind of person that can stick to a schedule or there's a lot of limiting beliefs that they believe about themselves as far as what they're capable of and what they can actually achieve and do. There's those kind of blockages are usually the biggest reason. Yeah. All again, the deep internal work that are just excuses, justifications, and they keep you stuck. They just keep you spinning out in the rabbit hole of hell or the pit of shit, as I like to call it. (laughs) (laughs) So why do you feel like Amanda, it's important to manage your time well, to prioritize your priorities and your energy. 
again, because if you don't put those boundaries in place and you do not decide what you're doing with your time and your days, someone else or something else will decide for you. And I believe you said this at the beginning of this episode, how you spend your days is how you spend your life, right? So if you're not intentional about how you spend each day and you're not intentional about creating those priorities and treating those priorities like priorities, and you're not intentional about moving towards the goals that you have one baby step at a time, you're just spinning your wheels every single day of your life and you're going nowhere. Yes. Yes. You are sitting in the reality that you are creating, right? Mm -hmm. So Amanda, how does a woman decide what priorities to tackle first? Where does she begin? I love this. Okay. This is something I have every single client do before we even start working together. It's on my new client, new client questionnaire. Words are hard. Um, a lifestyle evaluation. That is the starting point. And you go through and I can either list the categories for you right now. If you want Krista, that I have on my thing. Yeah. Or, okay. That would be really helpful to the listeners. Okay, so there are, I believe, seven. Yes, seven categories. The first is health slash wellness. The second is family slash friends. Third, spouse slash significant other. Fourth, spiritual or personal growth. Five, self-care. Six, recreation, entertainment, fun, adventures, whatever word you want to put on it. And the last one's work. And what I have all of my clients do is they will rate each area of life, how they feel about it on a scale of one to 10 and start with the one you feel the worst about. Whichever one's lowest, that's where you start. Yes, I love that tool. That is a foundational tool that I use in my practice as well because it's so visual for people to Mm -hmm. see, whoa. I mean, when you actually give yourself that rating, like, all right, my health, and wellness is a two whole mm-hmm. buckets because otherwise we just, you know, we wake up in the morning and it's immediately, if we're not building awareness and, and self-discovery, we just go straight into default mode, which is where I lived for a really long time. It's like, get up, have that moment where you wish you could pull the covers back over your head but realize that, you know what, the kids are going to be rolling out of bed, got to, got to get to school, got to do all, you know, so then you stumble to the coffee pot and then you stumble into the shower and then you stumble into the car to, to take the kids to school. And it's just this big, huge week long stumbling event (laughs) where you're literally, I call it the hamster wheel of health. I mean, it's just over and over and over. You are living life with such um, I'm, I'm struggling for the word right now, like autopilot, just no meaning, no joy, no bliss, no ease, no flow, no calm, I, all of the things that we want to feel, right? So anyway, back to the original. I love this tool because it is insanely, again, here's the theme, simple mm-hmm. and simplicity. I'm going to guess that you're going to agree with me on this, Amanda. Simplicity is powerful. Absolutely. Right. Mm -hmm. And what I love about that tool is that it really takes 
the emotion out of it for you because when you're filling it out you go with your gut and whatever number pops in your head first that's what you put down and so you're not sitting there agonizing over where should I start and what's most important and how do I prioritize it's just it's done for you it makes it so simple yes yes and understanding again that how we do anything is how we do everything so if you start with your health or if you start by simply adding a little bit of fun and enjoyment in your life, know and understand that that is going to overflow into other components of your life and other aspects of, oh, I call this the wheel of life. That's what I call it in my, in my practice. I'm not sure, you know, if you have a different name for this tool in your practice, um, but that's what I call it is the wheel of life. So for those of you listening, write those different aspects down and rate yourself one through 10, 10 being, I am like rocking this area of my life. And one being, I'm not so satisfied. I've got a little bit of work to do and just give yourself the permission to be honest about how you are showing up in that area of your life. So once um, the listeners do that part, Amanda, what's the next step? How do they kind of decide, all right, I want to work on my relationship with my spouse, or I want to work on my health and well-being. How do they decide what priorities to focus on first? How do they get started? Well, again, you pick whichever area you score the least in, and then you just, one small thing that you can start doing. Like for our marriage, that was, if I had filled this lifestyle evaluation out when I first started learning about minimalism and intentional living, I would have rated that probably as the lowest. And so where did I want to go? I wanted us to be more connected. How do you get there? Okay, quality time. So you work backwards from what your goal is, and then you pick one very, very small thing that you can do to start with. And then as time goes on, you can build on those steps and you can build on those things. But a lot of times, even just that one small thing will make all the difference in the world because you're watering whatever area of life that is. Yes, 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 yes. So here is a question that I'm just so intrigued to, to hear how you're going to answer this. How do you deal with the areas where you sort of find hard, boring, you don't really love, AKA health <laughs> and fitness? So like I work out almost every day, but um, I don't love it. I don't love it. I love how it makes me feel. So I'd love to hear you speak to some of the listeners that are like, oh, that's hard and boring, and yet you know it's going to move the needle forward in other components of your life. Like, you just have to do it. I think that, again, you want to make it as simple as possible by making it as enjoyable as possible. So for me, I don't like working out. Like, that's, <laughs> that's something I'm working on right now is my health and wellness because I know that I need to be working out more regularly and consistently for my health. But how can you simplify it and make it easier for you to want to do? For me, I love taking walks. And so one of my goals is to get outside and take a walk every day. I'm focusing on my health and wellness. I'm bettering myself, but I'm not making it hard and saying, oh, I need to work out and lift weights five times a week. Yes. So how can you make it easy for you to do 
there's no barrier to taking a walk unless it's raining and then you just, you don't do it that day. But there's no barrier. You just walk out the door and you can walk around your neighborhood, right? Another thing that I like to do is I love to play Just Dance. I don't know if you've heard of that video game. I think so, yeah. But, I mean, it's just a silly, it's a silly video game, but it gets you moving and I enjoy it. And I can do 20, 30 minutes of that, get some cardio done and it's fun. So what can you do to make it fun for yourself? And that, I mean, simplify it. <laughs> Don't overcomplicate it and set goals that you feel like you need to set because that's the way it's supposed to be done or that's the way society tells you to do it. What, what do you want out of it? Yeah. Yeah. I love that you said that because fun is definitely a core value of mine. That is something that I want to experience every day. Like if something's not fun, I'm not doing it. <laughs> and some of you listening might be like, well, that's great, Krista. There's just, there are things in our life that we have to do that aren't fun. And I'm here to call bullshit on that because I think we can bring the fun and enjoyment into any activity that we partake in. So as I mentioned, working out is not super fun for me, but guess what? I got a kick-ass playlist that ups the ante and makes it fun, you know, and in between sets, I'll be, you know, dancing, <laughs> moving and grooving, or yesterday I listened to a really amazing podcast that I had been wanting to listen to. My top value is love of learning. So A, I get my workout in, I move my body in a way that feels good to me because I love lifting weights. I do love, I do love the simplicity of lifting weights. So I love to like visualize that muscle that I'm developing and sculpting. And I just love the, the slow movement of picking up that weight and building something beautiful in my body. But I also got to listen to this really amazing podcast and learn something while I was working out. Same with walking. You know, I'll go on these 60, 90 minute walks and I will listen to podcasts. I will call a friend. I will listen to an audiobook. I will listen to the birds in nature and the sounds. I'll bring my senses into it. That is fun to me. So you can really bring fun and enjoyment into anything you're doing. But again, it's a choice, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And I think another huge component of that is mindset because you're setting that goal for a reason. You want to work out because you want to feel better on a daily basis, right? You want to be able to easily lift the cat litter box that's 20 pounds or whatever that may be. You have a reason behind that goal. Connect with that why, but then also find the silver lining in all of it. You know, my husband and I, every night we get in bed, we do a practice of gratitude where we list three things that we're grateful for that day, every single night. And that has helped us reframe our mindsets about so much in life. There's so much less negativity surrounding it because we're focusing on what we're grateful for. So if you're like us and you don't really love working out, why are you grateful for your workout that day? And focus on that too. Finding that silver lining and everything can drastically change the way you're feeling about things. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's move into, I know one of your areas of expertise that you love to talk about is this concept of time blocking. So share with the listeners what time blocking is and how they can start to take the steps once they've done, um, you know, once they've evaluated all the components of their life. Again, I call it the wheel of life. Um, 
So let's talk about, okay, they've got some areas they want to work on. How do they time block that? And what does time blocking mean? Okay, so time blocking is just a way to schedule your day that is very simple because love simple. What I used to do before time blocking was I would sit there and I would say, okay, from 8.01 to 8.05, I'm going to work on this task. And then, and I would assign times and time limits for every single task. And inevitably things take longer than you think they will. And you get behind and frustrated and you've overcomplicated things. So time blocking basically chunks your days into chunks <laughs> where you know I'm going to work on this category. So what I did for time blocking was I looked at all the tasks I do on maybe a weekly or a daily basis and I put them into different categories. So I've got work and I've got household management and I've got personal things and I've got volunteer things. All These are all different chunks. Each day I first look at Okay, what are the non-negotiables? Do I have meetings? Do I have podcast interviews? Do I have date night? What are the things I've already got boundaries around? And I put those into my planner first. And I do this, I, I use a day designer planner and inside for every single day, there is a time portion. I don't know how to describe it, but basically it has 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. on every single page of the planner. So I put in those things that already have boundaries first, those non-negotiables. And then around those times, I will put in chunks of different areas. So for example, today from eight o'clock to 10 o'clock this morning, I had a content creation work block where I have a list of things I need to get done for content creation. And I start with the most important and I work my way through until 10 o'clock happened. And then I had this interview that I'm doing right now. That was a non-negotiable that stopped that for me. The thing with time blocking is you want to set aside maybe three max tasks per, per chunk of your day. And when the time is up, you have to stop no matter what you got done. Time blocking is a way to set boundaries in your day with what you're working on. Because if you don't tell yourself how you're going to spend your time, someone else will decide for you. This morning, I had two hours to work on content creation. I got done as much as I could, and then I stopped. This is so important, especially for those of you that work from home, that work for yourself. If you're an entrepreneur, you have to set these time boundaries for yourself. I am a workaholic. I will work all day long, all night long, all weekend long if I do not time block my days and set those boundaries around my time. I'm exactly the same, Amanda, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just make a guesstimate here that we both just love what we do to the point where it doesn't feel like work, but yet you've got, you know, your husband standing upstairs or kids or whatever going, um, mom, <laughs> hello. <laughs> I mean, I could be down in my office all the ding dong day, just coaching and serving and creating. And I mean, I love it. I love it. So I, I love that you said, you gotta stop. And that was something that I implemented probably six to eight months ago because I noticed I was starting to work till 5 36 o'clock. Now, for some people listening, they might be like, Well, what's the big deal about that? Well, I have, you know, I have three kids, I have three boys that like, you know, want to eat something healthy. Now, I, and there's some nights where I say, you know, 
make your own pizza or whatever. I'm not, I'm not in the kitchen tonight. Um, but we kind of set that up ahead of time. But here's the thing, like I want to teach them healthy habits and nourishing their body with good food. And so right now, you know, a lot of that is, is something that I want to be able, I'm choosing to, to do that for them. So that means I've got to cut myself off at four, four thirty sometimes so that I can get upstairs and create something healthy and nourishing for them. So that was profound for me is when I started writing in my calendar, you'll be done today at four, four thirty. Some days it was five o'clock at the latest, but then you're done. You're done. And another thing I noticed that goes along with this is as an entrepreneur that works from home, sometimes I would get tired of sitting down in my office. So what did I do? I took my laptop up in the kitchen. No, 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 no. <laughs> because now we don't have a container for work, mm -hmm. right? So now we're in the middle of like having a conversation with our spouse and oh, oh, oh I'm just going to go and, and, and check that email and see if that client responded to me or whatever mm -hmm. So I think those two things right there are super simple, again, boundaries, but really will get you as the listener profound results. Absolutely. I 100% agree. And that's something I've been doing a lot of work from home workshops right now because so many people have been thrown into this work from home thing. And that's the number one thing I teach everyone is have a dedicated workspace so that your mind knows when you sit down at that space, even if it's just a TV tray that you sit at every day in the corner of your guest room, your brain knows it's time to work. Yes. And you are getting un, as uninterrupted as you can get with your whole family home, but uninterrupted, undistracted time where your brain is just going, going, going because one hour of dedicated work is so much more beneficial than six hours of work where you're hopping in and hopping out and having conversations and doing this and doing that. Just sit down and work for an hour and you're going to make so many more moves than if you were running a marathon, essentially yes. trying to do all the other things at the same time. Yes. Did you know, Amanda, I don't know how much you've studied the research, but they say that if let's say you're writing a blog post or creating content, whatever you're working on, that if you stop and get interrupted, check, you know, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, it actually takes about 20 to 25 minutes to regroup and get fully immersed in that project again. Mm -hmm. I could go on so many tangents about that. Yes. 100%. <laughs> Multitasking is not a thing, guys. Not and a thing. I'm, I'm not going to go off on a tangent, but it's not a thing. You're just task switching. Anything that takes your brain to process, you can't process two things at once. You can't watch TV and listen to a podcast at the same time. Yep. You can't work and watch, like have TV going in the background at the same time. It's not a thing. But I agree. It gets me I agree. So. <laughs> if you're doing that, stop it right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Stop it right now because you are giving your energy, like you said, to all these little things and you're not really accomplishing anything. You're not really moving the needle down the field in an impactful way. You're kind of half-assing your way through a bunch of different things. And we don't want to be women that half-ass. We want to be women that put our whole asses in, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> 
So going back to the time blocking, I, it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, Amanda, that the first place for the listeners to start is to really get clear and identify what their non-negotiables are. Yeah. And I mean, this can be as simple as, you know, you, you've got that one goal you're working towards and that's part of your non-negotiables. But also in my planner, I have a monthly calendar where I write down things like meetings and things like that, that are happening. It can be that simple. It doesn't have to be this whole, okay, well, this is a non-negotiable and this is, I mean, it just every day varies. And so I time block every single day separately. This isn't something where you, you can set up an ideal and I encourage that, but it's not something that's never going to change, right? It's going to be a constantly evolving and moving process. Yeah, absolutely. It's flexible. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So a question that's really coming up for me, I, I would love to hear you speak to so many women prioritize tasks and things that are outcome related. I'd love to hear you speak to what does it look like or what recommendation would you have for the woman listening that needs, well, every woman listening needs to really prioritize herself and her energy. Let's talk about that for a minute. Okay, well, quite frankly, here's the thing about to-do lists and task lists. You should never have more than five things on your to-do list period for each day. Um, I have two to-do lists. I have one for work, one for home. The home one encompasses anything that's not work, really. Never should you have more than five. I try to stick to three each day because you don't have time for more than that. Then what I do every single day in my time block is I block in white space. So for today, again, I'll just read off of mine. At 4.30, I have wrap-up work. At five o'clock, I start white space. I happen to have a meeting tonight with the Bible study group at 7.45, but from five o'clock to then, it is white space. I have nothing planned so that I can go with the flow of what I need, what is going on in our household. That is so important to plan that white space in every single day. I would also recommend that at least once a week that you have dedicated time to yourself, that you have set boundaries around. My husband and I tend to do Friday nights right now because he has a thing with some friends every Friday night. So every Friday night is my night. If you have kids, you guys will have to space those out differently. But that is something that you should be super intentional about because if you are not filling your cup, you cannot serve anyone else. Yeah, yeah. And even to elaborate on that point, I love that because we all have a purpose in terms of the impact we want to make on the world, uh, the legacy that we want to leave. I'm, I'm really big on purpose work. And I believe that we also need to really think about, okay, so I'm going to fill my own cup, but it can't always be for other people. I, I watch women all the time say, I'm going to fill my cup so that I can pour it right back out onto everybody else. How about if we just fill our cup because it feels good as a woman and it feels amazing to take a break at two o'clock in the afternoon and go for that 90 minute walk and listen to the birds chirp and, and get excited about what divine downloads you might get for that next thing you're going to launch. 
um, because it moves stuck energy, because it just feels good as a woman to prioritize yourself and your energy. So I'm not saying, you know, to, to completely cut off the so that piece so that we can pour out onto other people, because of course, of course, giving and serving, I mean, that's such a part of um, self-care that I think gets left off the conversation, um, that gets left off the table. Giving and serving feels great, and it is a part of self-care. But sometimes we got to just fill our own cups to fill our own cups, period. Full stop. Like, boom, because it feels good, because we deserve it, because we're worthy, because we matter, because we're valuable, and we just can't go through life being drained and exhausted and thinking about how we can constantly be serving everybody else but ourselves, right? Yeah, so just absolutely. a little tangent there. <laughs> no, I love it. That's such a great point. All right. So let's talk a little bit about, as we kind of start wrapping this up, let's talk about how have you witnessed clients' lives really changing when they can learn how to prioritize and to manage their time and energy. Well, I think the coolest example is with a client who, when we first started working together in February, she said, I want to work five hours a day so that I have more time and energy for my kids. That was her goal. And that's what we were working towards. Well, then all of this coronavirus stuff hit and she had planned to take July off as a sabbatical. I think she's still planning on doing that but she wanted to be available for her kids this summer. That was why she wanted to start working with a coach when she did so that she could move towards that and have that extra space for them this summer. Well, coronavirus hit and now her kids are home with her all day, every day. And because we've been working together, she already has the tools and the capability to be there for her kids every day now. And it's so cool to be able to watch that happening. And when we have our meetings every other week where you know, we're talking through where she's stuck with time management stuff. She's got the big picture down now. And we're just doing little detailed things like how to stay out of your email inbox and that kind of like very small, very niche topics because she was so dedicated to finding that time and energy for her kids. And she had to put it in a place way earlier than she thought she would. And so it was just, that's been such a cool relationship to to see blooming as far as her relationship with simplicity and time management yeah absolutely I love that I absolutely love that so what other little nuggets or thoughts do you want to leave with the listeners around simplicity time management managing priorities, anything you want to share? What, what's like something burning that you're like, I need these women to hear this. We've talked about a lot of really great things today. We have bounced around from topic to topic and it's all stuff that I'm super passionate about and super invested in. And I think that everyone else should also be invested in, but don't forget the key to all of this is the simplicity. Listeners, do not feel like you have to go implement everything we talked about today. Pick one thing that really spoke to you and one area where you want to start and do that. Just one thing. Don't feel like you need to start time blocking and setting goals and 
whatever. I mean, we talked about so many different things today, but don't feel like you have to do it all at once. This is such a process. Life is a process. It's a roller coaster and some days are up, some days are down. I really encourage everyone to save this episode and come back and listen to it over and over again so that you can continue to build on that first step you're going to take. But keep it simple. Do not overcomplicate simplifying your life. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I notice that a lot with my clients in that it's a lot of my clients are kind of this black and white mentality. It's either got to be this or it's got to be like working out seven days a week, doing the most extreme workouts when they've been sitting on the couch for like the past three years. (laughs) And, and we got to find the gray That's what I always tell clients is we're just going to play in the gray for a while and we're going to see how that feels. So we're going to, we're actually going to like roll out a yoga mat and we're going to stretch and we're going to do like 20 minutes, three times a week of stretching, or we're going to put on our shoes and we're going to go for a half an hour walk, maybe two times this week. You know, we don't have to necessarily like sign up for CrossFit tomorrow and (laughs) beat ourselves bloody, right? Right. I love just, I love playing in the gray, meaning again, just let's find some middle ground with this and make it fun and, and have it feel good. So Amanda, you mentioned that you've got a freebie that you'd love to provide our listeners. So tell us about that and then tell us all the places on the interwebs where we can find you. Okay, so the time blocking template freebie is really simple, really short and sweet. It shows you exactly how I time block my day. So I've got an example in there. And then there's also a blank time blocking sheet that you can print off every single day if you want and time block your own day. There's some tips and tricks in there too to help you get started. But an example, a blank sheet, kind of the gist of it. If you want to start time blocking your day and really setting boundaries around what you're doing each day so that you know you're watering all of the areas of life that are important to you. It really just, time blocking helps give you a visual for where your time is going. And so it helps you see and answer that question of what did I spend my time on today? It helps you really plan that out and act accordingly. So I believe that link's in the show notes, right, Krista? Yes, that link will be in the show notes as well as all the other places they can find you, which is where? So honestly, Instagram is the place to really connect with me. That is where I spend the most of my time and where I really dive into serving my audience well on Instagram versus any other place. IG's your jam. Mm -hmm. All right, we'll put that in the show notes as well. And I want to really encourage you listeners to get a hold of that freebie of Amanda's because I will tell you, One of the first coaches I ever hired years ago, when I started dipping my toe in the water of, I call it the big PD, big personal development, is she had me, now get this, Amanda, you're going to love this. She had me writing down every 15 minutes how I was spending my time. I do that with my clients. It's the first thing I have them do. (laughs) Uh Every 15 minutes. I had to do it for a week. But here's, here's the great part. I was able to see in about six hours of doing that assignment. 
where my time was going. And that was probably one of the most profound, impactful tools because now when it's in black and white, boom, it's there, baby. We cannot deny where our time is going. And so often as we're writing those things down, we're going to see what our true priorities are. Yeah, absolutely. And you can't get to where you want to be without knowing where you are right now. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Something has got to change. Something has got to shift. And again, that goes back to, you know, shifting your energy and deciding who's the woman that I want to be. Who's the woman that I want to be next year, next month, next week, tomorrow at five (laughs) o'clock. And so it's, it's really getting clear on what are my priorities? What's my mindset? Am I allowing my mind to run me or am I running my mind? And am I making choices that are empowering and fueling me? Or am I giving my time away to everybody that asks because there's something internal going on and I'm finding my value in being this to this person and being this to this person and being this to this person. So it's really, it's a lot of deep work. It's a lot of, you know, it, it sounds simple like, oh time management or let's just priority management, but it's gorgeous, deep, beautiful internal work. That's really what it's all about. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This has been like nothing short of fabulous. I am just so excited to see what shifts and ahas the listeners have because your message and movement is amazing and you are helping so many people up-level and elevate their lives in such an astounding way. Thank you so much, Krista. I really enjoyed this conversation. It was amazing. Thanks again, Amanda. Wasn't that an absolutely incredible conversation about time? I love talking about time and priorities because each and every one of us were born into this world with a special calling, with a special assignment that we are to align to. We are called to be an expression of our purpose each and every day. And yet so often we're distracted or we say yes when we really want to say no, we have too much on our plates, all of the things that really can get in our way of living a life that we really love, living a life by design rather than default. So, so many good nuggets that I took away, and I know you took away as the listener as well from this amazing conversation with Amanda. So speaking of time, speaking of purpose, speaking of overwhelm, speaking of simplifying, I want to invite you to head on over to www.kristoresnick.com where you will find a free download called Why Selfish is the New Black. And that is all about living life as an expression of your purpose, practicing radical soul care, really taking the steps to start to put yourself and your dreams and your vision on the forefront. The link for that will be in the show notes. You can also find it, as I mentioned, in www.kristoresnick.com. Thanks so much for listening. All of Amanda's uh, links will be in the show notes as well. I hope you have a fantastic week. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.